On Blast. This is part of the On Blast Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. And we are back with another edition of the On Blast Podcast, NFL Picks Edition. My name is Sheldon Alexander. We're here, three games left in the NFL season. I know I've been saying this for weeks and weeks and weeks, but this season just has flown by for me here. As I look up and there's three games left, three games. Can you believe it? On our long journey. We finally made it to the conference championships. And I can't lie to you, the vibes are kind of high because I root for a team that somehow with their third string quarterback found their way in the conference championship. I don't know how it happened really, but we're here and we're going to talk all about that and more as we have week in and week out with my guy, the score zone, Mr. Matt Russell. How you doing? I'm good, man. We're uh, black hoodie, black hoodie day. Is that because of the solemn uh, sadness of essentially, you know, I say this every year, you've heard me say this before, this is kind of the last football weekend. I mean, you actually make the case last weekend was the last football weekend, but this is kind of the last football weekend because Super Bowl is its own sort of beast, obviously two weeks in between this weekend and Super Bowl Sunday, but Super Bowl Sunday, you know, we talk about it, you know, you get the guacamole going there, are, you know, extensive amount of people at a, at a Super Bowl party, half of which don't really care about the game, uh, half of which might be kids, you know what I mean? Like, it's not really sort of the traditional, like, hunker down, let's get deep into the weeds here when it comes to football. So, yeah, a couple of guys with black hoodies on sort of celebrating the death, if you will, of, uh, of yet another season. Um, but it's something to celebrate because I think these games are awesome. I think we've got the right four teams. And I got to tell you, man, I if we had decided to do this podcast on Monday or Sunday night, I would have been all about it because honestly, over the course of these last three or four days, my my excitement level for the game has risen, but my just heat for um takes and everything that people are you know we're talking about on sunday night you know luckily has dwindled because i think we'd be here for like two hours of me just going off the rails had we done this earlier on in the week so i think you're getting me at the right amount of the right time uh, over the course of this week where i still have some of that rage and then enough uh, sort of sense to be able to kind of analyze this stuff as we get closer to sunday well, I'm going to give the people the reminder right off the front end that make sure that in between your appearances on this pod, you can follow Matt at MRussAuthentic on Twitter and follow everything that he writes at The Score. And I mean, that's how the people can stay in touch and know, just get a little glimpse anyways into what you might be thinking before you pop on here with us each and every week. And a huge shout to all the people that have been rocking with us all season long on this pod because you know what it's been a pretty good ride it's been a pretty good ride so far as we clock into this season last week three and one and if we remember the one i switched my pick you told me not to switch my pick but with the bonus with the bonus though sprinkled in a first half kansas city uh minus what was it five and a half i think it got to six and a half either way they cashed both bottom line though you know, I'm going to stay honest and stay true to what happened. I switched my pick <laughs> three and one. And, and we, and we did the first, we used the first half because we, because we knew exactly what the second exactly. half was going to look Talked like. Talked right? about the backdoor cover right. and Where, the dirtiest of backdoor covers down yeah. 10. Let's kick a field goal and then come back and try to get the onside kick. Yeah. So in the, the best uh, bet is the first half chiefs. I'm not going to then tell you like, take the you know stay with the jags i'm just gonna tell you like listen the chiefs are yeah. gonna have a lead in this game obviously a bunch of stuff happened in that game with regards sure. to patrick mahomes that we couldn't have necessarily seen coming i'm i don't know decently confident they would have even still covered that number if mahomes had been healthy the whole way though who knows he still played pretty well um, I, I, and yeah go ahead i bring all that up just to say like that is kind of the importance of yes i'm here making picks cool you see the numbers and all that fun stuff but i think it's an important lesson as well to listen to the conversation that's being had because that's actually what's more important right start off with the pick yeah i'm on the jags i'm on the jags and it's like wait a second here right and then you talk your way through and there's other little nuggets that pop up along the way and more opportunities for everyone 
to be cashing some checks here. And the record, 159, 112, and 10 throughout the entire season as we head into championship weekend. For those who might not be familiar with what we do exactly on this pod, I'll come out. I'll make a pick. I'll pick one side or the other in terms of the point spread. Then Matt will come in with the information and education on where the line was, where it is, and where it could be going heading into game time. And, I mean, it's probably more crazy when we get into the second game, the (laughs) AFC Championship game in terms of where the line was, is, and where it could be, all that fun stuff. But we'll start. We'll go chronologically. Sure. We'll start with the Niners at the Eagles NFC championship game, a big boy matchup in the trenches, some old school football. Some folks might want to say the San Francisco 49ers. I mentioned it earlier in the conference championship with their third string QB. This is incredible. Philly hostile crowd. This is why we love. uh, I'm going to pause for a second. These stupid rumors about having the championship game in a neutral site. Screw that. Absolutely the worst. Yeah, such a terrible idea. This to me is football, right? Like you having to go in to like hostile territory in Philly and win a game to get to the Super Bowl. Like that's what the regular season is for, right? To get that. Sorry, tangent over. I apologize. I'll bring us, I'll bring us back on track. Battle of the (laughs) trenches. O-line, D-line, great on both sides. But you know I got to ride with my guy Shanahan here. I just think this is a Shanahan game plan here. And he will just not put Brock Purdy in a position to lose this game. We've seen it throughout the season. He had him him more loose in the regular season than he might have last week, which is fine. But I think run game, run game, run game, short passing game. The, just the matchups of moving Debo around to different positions to get the mismatches that they might find, which will be tough because Philly's defense is good. Mm-hmm. But I'm just trusting in Shanahan to be able to do this. Whereas I feel like with Philly, Hurts, I mean, they've had a great season as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Niners' defense against Jalen Hurts, Hurts is going to put himself in more positions. Mm-hmm. To be a little spicy, to make a little more mistakes, we'll say, in that sense. This is what I'm betting on. This is what I'm banking on. I think it'll be a really close game. I would love it if it got to three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really love it if it got to three. But in a close game, give me the points. Niners plus two and a half. Let's roll. What are you saying, my dude? Okay, we're going to have some fun here. Um, we're going to start with a little exercise for you, right? You're at the bar. You know, you're having a couple of beverages. You're okay. waiting on a friend to show up. Maybe it's a I lady like friend. So I don't know. I don't know. Um, and you overhear a couple of guys talking, right? You can't really hear what they're saying necessarily, right? And one of them just yells out, but who have they played? Which team do you think he's talking about in this game? To be honest, I would say both teams. <laughs> but if you have... But the Niners. Who have... Okay, that's interesting. I would say the Niners, but that's because I follow the Niners closer and I know they haven't really played anyone. But as I said, I would say both teams. That's me. Okay, so the other guy yells out, but who has he played? Ooh. Which team do you apply that to? Who has he played? That would be Brock Purdy. Yeah, right? And so I think for both of these teams, one of them is the Eagles and who have they played, and one of them is who has he played. So the strength of schedule in this game and, you know, trying to evaluate these teams and waiting and seeing, like, when when do they get to play a really good team? When do, you know, when do we get to see them sort of, you know, at, at, their, at their best or tested at their most? It kind of applies to both teams, right? So there's a lot of uncertainty there from what these teams actually are because the Eagles... The best team that they played this season, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, is the Jaguars at 13th in the league. And I, when I say the best team, I, I'm yeah. talking about like playoff team at mm-hmm. full strength, right? Because the two games they played against the Cowboys, we had backup quarterbacks in both of those games, right? So I'm sorry, I have to throw that out, right? I'm not, I'm not mm-hmm. going to judge the Cowboys on Cooper Rush on the road in whatever that was, week three, week four, something along those lines. And I'm not going to judge the Eagles on Gardner Minshew on the road either when Jalen Hurts is going to play, right? Like it doesn't make any sense to do that. And so their other five playoff opponents this season, their other five playoff games, I should say, this season were against the Jags early on in the season when the Jags were uh, amidst a two and six, I think it was, start. Uh, And then they also played the Vikings. Well, we just talked about how like that record was pretty fraudulent. And then their other three quote unquote opponents were, here's the list, 
Giants, Giants, Giants. That's the list of those three other games. So again, what have we seen like with our eyes? Because when it comes to the championship games here, I'm basing everything on sort of what I've seen and taking every piece of sort of information. And some of it can be tangential and some of it, I guess, could be theoretically circumstantial. But I just want to know what I've seen from these teams. And so it's like, yeah, I've seen the Eagles pound the Giants, but I've seen that a couple of times this season. So I didn't really learn anything from the Eagles last week, right? Because it looks very easy to kind of, you know, you can get those couple of big plays that they had, right? But what did, how did the Eagles win that game? It was five yards, five yards, you know, a lot of Sanders, a lot of Gainwell, a lot of, you know, basically anybody they, that uh, they handed the ball to or took off, like had some success. And that's, you know, we talked about how the Giants were going to have a tough time scoring because they went from their opponent being the Vikings defense way down here Mm -hmm. to the Eagles defense way up here. Can't the same thing be said for the Eagles as they go from the worst run defense in the league, according to DBOA, and the second worst on a yards per uh, rush basis to the Chargers? They go from that to the 49ers run defense, which is up at the top, right? So it's like the Eagles are sort of taking advantage of that mismatch for the, against the Giants, but are now kind of the victims, if you will, of that sort of scheduling mismatch against the 49ers. So without the sort of bread and butter concept of being able to rely on Miles Sanders or whomever he, you know, Jalen Hurts decides to uh, hand the ball to, now you've got more pressure on Jalen Hurts's arm and more pressure on Jalen Hurts's legs. And that was going to be theoretically an issue last week as he's been kind of coming back from the shoulder injury. And he looked fine. Don't get me wrong. He's looked fine. But we don't have that comp where we can go, well, what about Jalen Hurts in this game? Because it's a lot of the Titans. It's a lot of the Steelers. It's a lot of these teams that frankly just weren't very good this season. And And even some of those games got spicy, too. And some of them got spicy. I mean, listen, there was a loss to the Washington Commanders, right? And you Mm -hmm. can make the case that the Washington Commanders ran all over the Eagles, and that might be something that the 49ers might be interested Mm -hmm. in doing, right? And so you go, okay, well, what about the 49ers? Well, this ladder that Brock Purdy keeps having to sort of go up, right? Everything gets a little bit trickier every single game, the way this score. And that's the point. That's the whole point of the playoffs. It's supposed to get harder the further along you go. But, you know, it was one thing when we were expecting him, or I shouldn't say we because you and I weren't, but, you know, when society was out there dying for him to screw up against, like, the commanders or, you know, well, now now we're in the playoffs. Let's see if he'll botch it against the Seahawks. Like, no, no, no. But, like, I'm giving credit to the Eagles where they might be that team especially defensively. So I look at both of these teams and I'm just like, oh man, like I don't love anything about either side. Actually, I love everything about either side and I think that's kind of the point, but I also (laughs) could be wrong about either side, right? Brock Purdy and the 49ers might not be that good and the Eagles might not be that good and all the good teams, you know, all the best teams, if you will, might be in the AFC or maybe one of these two teams is that much better. At least we saw the 49ers last season in the playoffs, obviously getting to the NFC Championship game and getting darn close to the Super Bowl and obviously having gotten to a Super Bowl in recent past as well, right? So, you know, I have the 49ers uh, from futures from way earlier on in the season. So I am sort of obviously kind of leaning that way from like a hope standpoint. Mm -hmm. But what I do know, again, what I have seen from these teams is how they win their football games, right? And the Eagles jump on you quick. Right. They get out to an early lead and then they kind of hang on. A lot of times it's not it's less about hanging on and more about just kind of taking the air out of the ball. And, you know, you've kind of already lost your will to live. Whereas San Francisco, there's a lot of slow starts. Right. There's a lot of that. The other team's defense has a lot of energy. The other team's offense has some plays that maybe San Francisco isn't necessarily ready for or matchups that they're not necessarily ready for in the form of, say, DK Metcalf or CD Lamb or, you know, Tony Pollard, etc. And so what I think is going to happen here is I think the Eagles are probably good enough to take a first half lead Hmm. in this game. But I also think the 49ers are good enough based on how we've seen them second halves over and over and over. And it doesn't necessarily have to be close game at halftime, blow out in the second half. It can be close game at halftime, stretch it out a little bit in the second half like it was last week. But it could also be trailing at halftime and then come back to either get it close or to mm-hmm. win in the second half. So as far as a bet that you can make right now, the Eagles minus a half point on the point spread in the first half 
is available right now. So it's another first half play because again, we're not looking to mess with the 49ers necessarily in the second half, right? And we have that sort of hope for those of us who have, you know, pretty good equity in a, in a 49ers future that they can come back and win this game. But the reality is I haven't seen in the first halves what I would like to see out of the 49ers to make mm-hmm. us think that they can just go on the road, everything will be fine, and they'll be ready to rock and roll like in Philadelphia, right? I think that's going to be an issue for Purdy and honestly for you know some of the other players as well, like defensively, yeah. et cetera, right? Because the you know, until Dak was throwing interceptions, like the Cowboys were moving the ball pretty well, pretty decently anyway, against the 49ers um defense. And by the way, once Pollard went out, right, it started to dry up a little bit. And so you know, obviously a different matchup, different personnel and that sort of thing. And it's going to be interesting to see whether Jalen Hurts, you know, via his arm and see, if, by the way, if the 49ers can stop the Eagles uh, run offense, because you and I talk all the time, whether it's individual player matchups or sort of unit matchups, just because one team is good and the other team is good doesn't mean the, def- the defense is going to win out all of those times, right? We always yeah. kind of match up, oh, this corner is going to shut down this receiver. It's like, or maybe the receiver is just better than that cornerback, right? I'm sure we'll have those sorts of matchups uh, for the Super Bowl, which will, you know, dive way, way deeper into each 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 and every little individual prop bet matchup, con- you know, uh, conversation. So, uh, you know, I think it's like, what, do we, what can we rely on? We can rely on the Eagles to have a good start. We can rely theoretically on the 49ers in the second half. Maybe that means they're 14 points down and we have to live bet them at like plus 10 and a half or something. Maybe that means it's a one point game. Maybe it's seven, six or 14, 13 at half. And you get a chance to bet on the 49ers to come back and win the game outright. Um, So I think that's kind of how I'm looking to play this game. Eagles early with 49ers live betting later on in the game. Yeah, and I think Niners, from a game plan standpoint, they do normally start out slow, and I think they're trying to like put out some run game, put out some plays to kind of see how the defense is going to react to certain formations, to certain yeah. you know strategies, and then bring out the counters in the second half. I know that sounds Absolutely. super simplistic and basic, but no, I no. feel like that is kind of Shanahan is always running plays to kind of set up the next play, giving you different looks to see how you're going to react to certain things, seeing how, Hey, maybe they tried the stretch run a lot last week and it didn't work because the Cowboys had such fast D linemen with Lawrence and Micah Parsons, right? Just getting all over the place, sideline to sideline. So the adjustment will come. I do kind of, I do like where you're coming from there. I do understand that. I do get that. I will be sitting on the Niners plus two and a half, just hoping, but it's just hoping. But it's worth waiting too, because yeah, totally. you know, and, and listen, as far as the number is concerned, right? Like it's a pretty fair number. It's it opened minus one and a half mm-hmm. before the game. And here's the other element too, right? Before the games this weekend, the projection was largely going to be around Pickham. Right. Yeah. Now part of that was because of some uncertainty about Jalen Hurts and like, you know, how is the shoulder going to hold up? And then mm-hmm. when the shoulder holds up, okay, there's some extra value when it comes to the Eagles there. But at two and a half, you're talking about a day extra rest. Um, and obviously a week extra rest before that, right? So obviously playing one game mm-hmm. over the last two weeks versus playing two games over the last two weeks, right? Like that stuff adds up. And it's added up in the form of Christian McCaffrey with a calf, you know, a- a injury. I don't want to call it an injury because I think he's going to play. It's not, I don't think it's that, but, you know, he's got a sore calf, if you will. And a couple of these other guys, right? Like that matters to the degree of a half point maybe something along those lines, right? And I think the Eagles have a good solid two-point home field advantage, which is about as high as anybody's kind of willing to go these days when it comes to building in home field advantage into a point spread. And so there's your two and a half right there. So these Mm -hmm. teams can be rated equally, which they've kind of jostled with each other all season long, obviously having different sort of on a week-to-week basis, having different issues, whether it's Gardner Minshew's involvement or being uncertain about Brock Purdy. But these two teams have largely jostled in the same area all season long, unlike the game that we're going to talk about next. And so, like, the spread is good here. I think the spread makes a ton of sense. That being said, like, if you want plus three that badly, and I'm not advocating you do this, I'm just saying, like, there's such things as alternate spreads. Like, you can get the plus three, but what I would do is I would monitor that because there are websites out there and different, you know, there are different sites and different, uh, let's call one that rhymes uh, with schminical that you can look and see right now that plus three is minus 122. Yeah. So if we're looking at betting that, if we're looking at grabbing a plus three, like it's one thing to sort of put on the screen as we obviously have to do 
oh, the spread's two and a half. Because that's accurate. If you go to the vast yeah, majority yeah. of sports books, the spread is two and a half. In some cases, it might be minus 105 on the 49ers and blah, blah, blah. But if you start getting into you know price shopping, et cetera, et cetera, and you see a minus 122, even before you look at that, you sort of have to decide, okay, what am I willing to pay for plus three? Yeah. Because I'd love minus 110 at plus three, but like that's mm-hmm. not going to happen. Am I willing in this one game scenario to go to minus 115? Yeah, I probably am. So at that point, am I willing to go to minus 120 or something in between? Because minus 122 is available right this second as of Thursday, you know, mid-afternoon. Yeah, in a, in one spot. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. like, all right, and not, you know, I don't know how many people here are, are throwing down four figures on their wagers or whatever, but let's say you're even $100 better. Uh, you know, if you're waiting for 115 does that mean you won't do 116? Does that mean you won't do 117? At what point exactly. is, is there yeah. a cutoff? Because yeah. like at minus 120, you're probably in. Mm-hmm. So at 22, putting down at 122 to win 100 to get that key number of three doesn't really sound like the worst idea ever for this one game. Now, if we're talking about this over uh, you know, a giant uh, sample size in regular season where we don't really know that much about the teams necessarily and the point spreads are, you know, a little looser. But we're at the end of a season here where these games should be lined pretty tightly. The amount of money that's in the market is pretty large. These lines are going to get pounded into sort of a correct place mm-hmm. and a getting a key number of three for a couple extra bucks than you'd be willing to normally buy it is certainly, I think, a better play than just sort of taking plus two and a half kind of blindly. And who knows? Like the fact that this has sort of drifted to the point where this this price was a, was 128, minus 128 yesterday, mm-hmm. minus 122 today. Maybe it is minus 118 tomorrow. Exactly. And, and like minus 118 is certainly a bet at plus three, San, you know, San yeah, Francisco yeah, yeah. plus three. So, you know, you can hop on it now and sort of grab the plus three for four extra dollars, if you will. You know, or you can wait and try to save that four bucks, right? But and that would probably be the correct strategy over the course of, like I said, an 18 week NFL regular season. But at this point, like we're really, really wanting to get plus three on this bet mm-hmm. when it comes to San Francisco, and we're willing yeah. to pay an extra dollar or two to do it. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. I just feel like overall, looking at this game, the the playmakers for the Niners are in a position where they bid in their their third string quarterback and still figuring out ways to get the most out of their playmakers. So I'm interested to see how that plays out against Philly and their top notch defense, but we shall see. There obviously is also another great game on the sked as well. In terms of the AFC championship, we have the Cincinnati Bengals who will be taking on in city chiefs. The chiefs are favored by one point, but this line has been moving kids all over the place. Yeah. And this might be an example of, you know, the simple, simple, simple strategy of just pick a winner. Who do you think is going to win, kids? And this, I know the Bengals are getting all of the hype. They're getting all of the love this week. Everyone's, the Bengals made everyone's preseason darling, the, the Buffalo Bills, look mediocre. Now they're going in against Patty Mahomes, a hobbled Patty Mahomes. And they've already beaten them three straight times. And everyone's talking Bengals, 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 Bengals. That's not the reason I'm picking the Bengals, though. Mm, The reason I'm picking the Bengals. Because the Bengals continue to just show me playoff football. Okay? When we go back and we're just talking about the Eagles, I know I see your face right there. I see your face. I could not do it. I'm sorry. I I I could see your face. No, I love it. I love it. I love it. But we were just talking about what the Eagles and the Niners do trying to run the ball, play defense. And I know that that not necessarily is what the Bengals do in terms of running the ball, but they can run the ball. They can give you that different style. They play defense. They play that AFC North tough style that you need to do in come playoff time. You don't know how, you know, free flow in the offense might be Patty Mahomes. It's a lot of running around. It's a lot of, making magic, and he is dope. He is incredible. But they've already done it against him. Why can't they do it again? Also, if you're telling me he's hobbled, and I know we've seen him in the last few days, he's walking and he looks fine, and I get all that. That just takes one more hit in like the first quarter. I know, I know, I know. I see your face again. I understand. I understand. Okay. 
I'm just yeah. saying that with all of these things with the Bengals, I'm just I'm I'm just picking the Bengals to win this game. I just think styles make fights, and the the style of the Cincinnati Bengals, the way that they play, it's almost like I'm not going to say that there's no such thing as Chiefs proof. There's no such thing as like they have this this secret sauce to beat the Chiefs. I'm not saying that. I just think that the style that they play, the hard hitting, defensive minded, plus the way that Joe Burrow is just, I. I hate saying this, but like they were just ready for that game last week and the Buffalo Bills were not. That is not going to be the Chiefs for sure. Shouts to Andy Reid and company, but the Bengals, I, I, I'm on the Bengals. I'm sorry. It's so funny how last week, right? It was like, well, Damar Hamlin's going to be in the building. It's like, you know, Bills are going to get such a rush out of that and blah, blah, blah. And then after the game, it's like, well, the NFL was selling tickets to the neutral site game next week. As if there was ever an option for them not to sell tickets to a theoretical game that was going to happen the yeah. following week. <laughs> right? yeah. like, well, everyone yeah. just loves the Joe Burrow memes, right? You kind of had to do that. Like, it's called logistics. Like, that's you know and then this week uh, you know i don't know why we don't and i guess we don't attribute motivation to kansas city because they've been too good but like having lost three straight to cincinnati wouldn't that provide some motivation or does is that under the demar hamlin category or is that under the ticket category right (laughs) everything is sort of after the fact when it comes to this stuff it's like well and we'll hear it right like although you're not you can't you're not going to beat us four straight times and by the way those three straight games right like i i I did the giants 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 thing here's the here's the scoring margin of those three games three three and three right and not just three three and three but a last second field goal at the bell an overtime field goal at the bell and then another like super tight three-point game in two of those three games are in cincinnati and by the way two of those three games are with the chiefs having a different offense mm-hmm. like they rebuilt the offense so that it wasn't just travis kelsey and tyreek hill and nothing else with no run game and no you know sort of auxiliary weaponry or anything like that Just and by the way me. no defense on the t- on the Chiefs side right again I, I keep sort of you know referring to this over and over again like this season this Chiefs team is different they don't mm-hmm. they aren't 70 yard pass to Tyreek Hill look at him go that makes everybody scared because they can score on one play they are they are hey mm-hmm. Chad Henney's got 98 yards to go and Chad Henney can move the ball down the field because we have Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon in the run and short pass game because we have various uh, weapons around Travis Kelsey instead of really just one guy and like a washed up and uh, never really all that good in the first place Sammy Watkins right and so like why and by the way like in what sport did we all of a sudden decide that three games where a team won by you know essentially the smallest margin you can possibly really win by does that mean that they have like some sort of advantage in that fourth game, right? Like yeah. if, if, if a basketball team won three games on a buzzer beater, you wouldn't be like, well, the fourth in the fourth game, I'm happy to give away any sort of value when it comes to a point spread in this game. And that's where I think we have to start. I mean, listen, there's a lot of ways that we can start in this game. We, can I ask we a all- question? Can I ask a question? Sure. So if not whether or not, Patrick Mahomes is hurt or not, right? Because we won't really know that okay, until the game there. plays. No, we won't know that until the game plays. But I'm just saying if- I disagree. I disagree. I, and, and, and just let me sort of go on this, right? Because I want to talk about this Patrick Mahomes injury situation. I think we do weird stuff as a society. And one of the weird things I think we do is we mm-hmm. like to hype up people's injuries or we like the drama of a guy getting hurt and, and and it like tr- and in weird sicko type way we like kind of trashing that team season right like jimmy g gets hurt and it's like 49ers done for no chance like thanks for coming out on your season and like there's a million different examples of that sort of happening right like, you could make the case that jalen hurts and the eagles had that same situation and so I just want to sort of break down what we've, and, and again, feel free to tell me where I'm wrong in any of this, right? Okay. This is what we saw with our eyes and, and eventually hear with our ears. <laughs> we saw him get rolled up on, mm-hmm. correct? Okay. We saw him limp, hobble around, but stay in the game, correct? We saw him go to the sideline, 
We saw him openly and outwardly and obviously telling everybody, yo, I'm fine. I'm finishing this game. Like we're, you know, like I'm not coming out. I'm not coming out. Admittedly, sanity sort of takes over and we go, man, we got to take a look at this thing. We got to look at it. We got to poke around here. But if you can get back into this game, we'll put you back into this game. They're like $300 million guy. They go and they take a look and they wrap them up. They'd like double wrap them on the ankle, which is going to hinder everyone's mobility if Correct. you literally can't move your right foot, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to hinder your mobility. He plays the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've caught wind of this, but you know we don't talk a lot about EPA per play because it's kind of a difficult metric for sort of, I don't want to use the term layman to understand, but like it's essentially expected points per you know sort of attempt. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, when he came back, his EPA per play was second, would have fit in second in the league over the course of the season. Mm-hmm. Do you know who first was? Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, healthy, <laughs> right? So like when he got hurt and he came back, things that we saw, mm-hmm. he essentially got traded for any other good quarterback in the NFL and a slightly better version, right? Like again, small sample size, obviously, but it was like getting traded for all, I don't know, Joe Burrow, like mm-hmm. getting traded for Josh Allen. Obviously I'm being a little bit facetious and all of that, but like he was still very good. And the Correct. offensive ran, the offense ran very well without him with Chad Henney and like arguably the worst position you could possibly put a person in, right? Yeah. 98 yards away. And so what did we see? Well, he comes back and he plays really well. And he's in the interview after the game with, with Kelsey and they're all having a good laugh and he's going around, he's high-fiving people in the crowd. This isn't, Oh, get me off of the field here so we can get me into, you know, sort of, you know, a boot immediately or a cast of some kind. What do we hear the next day? Now, again, hearing is a little bit different than seeing. We hear a report. Yeah, actually it's a lot better than they thought it was going to be. Okay. It is, you know, there is something of a high ankle sprain, but you know, he's had a high ankle sprain before. Andy Reid on Tuesday says, yeah, he actually had high ankles, a, a worse high ankle sprain in week one of 2019. Well, week two in 2019, he had 400 yards and like four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Then we see him at his own press conference. There's no walking boot. And listen, in an era where people, players, human beings love to milk their injuries, the guy's not even in a walking boot. He doesn't even limp as he walks away from the podium. Then on Wednesday, a day of the week that you and I talked about all season, how annoying it was that people would report that somebody didn't practice on Wednesday, as if any veteran ever practices in a meaningful way on Wednesday. He's listed as a full participant in practice and is not on the injury report. So why have we decided that he is going to be compromised when there's really no indication that he will be? Even if he is somewhat hurt, we saw him play the football game and we saw him, honestly, one of the touchdown passes was a mobile Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes isn't Michael Vick. He's not going to run. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not going to run you 80 yards. He's going to be mobile. He's going to escape the pocket. He's going to do some twirly whirly stuff back there and he's going to find somebody open. But a lot of that in our mind's eye is of the offense where it was, let's just run around and Tyreek Hill is eventually going to get open. That's what the the Chiefs, because of the Bengals, in in a lot of ways, stopped and and wanted to stop doing. They didn't want Mm -hmm. it to be run around because your offensive line isn't any good and like hope to find somebody. This season, his MVP season, haven't had the spectacular plays. There was the cool touchdown in week 17. There was a couple of, you know, sort of flicky passes when he was on the run that everybody kind of really enjoyed. But a lot of it has just been like in the pocket. I'm slinging it around. We're throwing for 5,000 yards. We're making a run at 50 touchdowns, blah, 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 blah. So I just look at this and I go like, do people want him to be hurt because maybe people are sick of the chiefs and they don't want the chiefs to win this game because sometimes when people are betting with their hearts, that's the type of thing that we do. And maybe there's an opponent this week that everybody loves cue Joe Burrows music. Right. And so we'll talk about the matchup here in the, and the, and the market. And I'll certainly let you get back to your question. But my point is we haven't seen anything that suggests that there is going to be some massive issue here with regards to this guy's ankle. 
because we've seen him play with it. We have seen and heard all the reports and how he's, you know, how he's handled the last four days. I just don't understand why we're trying to make this injury a, th a more than a thing than it is. And as far as like one hit and blah, 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 absolutely that's true. But you know what? This is football and that's true for every single player out there. So go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, so <laughs> the line in terms of when, like, forget about whether he actually is hurt or not. I'm saying the line if he is hurt versus yeah. the line if we think he's totally healthy coming into this game. That was really my question, just in terms <laughs> of, like, forget about whether he is or isn't, because yeah. we won't know that until the game starts. Yeah, I'm trying to decipher the difference between you know, the line that's been moving where at one point it was in favor of the Bengals yeah. and now it's in favor of the Chiefs yeah. and just kind of, you know, what is the yeah. real number if so, you know, all things are equal heading into this game? Yeah. So minus I, like the whole line and all that fun stuff. I, I realize I sort of, sir, this is a Wendy's, uh, you right there where you're just like, you're just asking me the most basic question. And I went off on the, on the Mahomes injury thing, but I wanted to get that out because I think obviously that's the most important part and it leads into this. So, um, you know, I, I actually tweeted out on Sunday, and this was before the Bengals game. Um, I th yeah, I think it was, was before the Bengals game. No, it's once the Bengals sort of took over, that it would be it, Chiefs minus five is sort of the projected line with the healthy Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Now, I have that. That's my number. I was well aware, and I wrote about this earlier in the week, that other people had made that line higher. That uh, the sportsbook manager over at Circa Sports in Las Vegas had said before the Cincinnati Buffalo game that the that the number would be closer to six and a half and six and a half is in keeping with Chiefs minus two two and a half in Cincinnati earlier on in the season it's in keeping with Chiefs I think it was minus seven and a half last year in the AFC championship against the Bengals now obviously you're going to say like yeah okay but the Bengals all they've basically done since then is cover spreads and so they need to get upgraded well okay I am fine with that. We will upgrade them. We talk all the time about how they're sort of a low 60s rating. And the thing is, what people tell you, will tell you is, yeah, well, we have to upgrade the Bengals, have to upgrade the Bengals. When a week ago, we just saw them a quarterback sneak away from potentially losing to Tyler Huntley at home. So when we're talking about betting, as we do, whether it's regular season or the playoffs, a lot of it is, what did we see last week? Right, because the betting public likes to just take what they saw last week and just kind of be like, "Yeah, that's that's the current iteration of this team." And so, while I don't necessarily believe that the the Bengals only won or or, or won uh, the way they did last week because they were insulted because the NFL was selling tickets to a game that they wouldn't have been involved in, like I also think that they just played a really good game against a by the way a Bills team that we have been sort of looking at mm -hmm. with kind of a skeptical eye all season long. And so the handicap for that game against the Bills was that the Bengals are this team that is ravaged by the offensive line injuries. And we'll get to more of that in a second here. But like going into that game, yeah, they won the game. But, I, you know, I don't know that, you know, what, would you make the Bengals favorites if they had to play a second game at Buffalo this mm -hmm. week? You know, I don't think you necessarily would, right? We talk about that all the time, especially in basketball, whereas like a team can lose by 20 in game one, but the line is essentially going to be the same in game two. This stuff sort of happens all the time. So I had this five. That was after the game. So that's sort of like giving consideration for the Bengals' performance against Buffalo. Then the, the Superbook in Las Vegas opens it at three. And then it gets sort of more widely opened at one and a half. And the Bengals keep taking money. So I have, you know, I think this is should be anywhere between, you know, three to six. Mm -hmm. Now, that's where my sort of how healthy is Mahomes thing. Because, again, as much as I make the point about how, like, I don't know why we're going this nuts about a Mahomes injury, I, I guess because we have to have something to talk about. I just look at it and I go, okay, like it's six if he's healthy. It's three if he's just, you know, if he's got a lot of tape on his ankle. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we ever got to two and a half. So this Cincinnati. is kind of, yeah. So this is kind of my question, right? Because like, so last week when we were talking about the Bengals, it was easy to kind of look at that line and say, okay, that line's kind of weird. But you take the step back and you say, well, we just watched the Bengals struggle against the the Ravens, even though styles make fights, it's a different styled fight. But then five and a half, we're seeing the narrative of, okay, 
their offensive line is ravaged and this is how we talk ourselves into it being five and a half in this instance this is kind of the same same storyline as i sway myself a little bit follow me for a second here yeah. sway my back my way back a little bit to the chiefs here where i'm asking you know okay so wait a second here i know that this line is moving because there's so much talk about is mahomes hurt is he not hurt how hurt is he whatever it is right yeah that's where the line is moving that's yeah. why i'm trying to get the baseline of okay so what is the number here if all things were equal what were we saying before all this happened so yeah, if you're so telling me that five. so so this is what i'm saying right so if yeah. you're telling me that number's around five how the heck did we get to one that is obviously value on the chiefs as i would view it as someone sitting here trying to make a pick on one side or the other right. heading into this game Do you know so, what i mean and that's kind yeah. of where where and i talk about what we want to do it got to two and a half cincinnati for sure. But that's on people thinking, you know, oh no, he's done. And because Tony Romo in the middle of a game said his high ankle sprain, he couldn't walk the following week. Right. And as if that has any relevance to what happened to Patrick Mahomes. Well, on the right? flip so, side, Pollard leaves with a high ankle sprain and it turns out to be a broken leg. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, it could be one, it could be here and it could be here or it could be here. Right. Like it could be like really bad or it could be not that bad at all. Right. And maybe like Mahomes just has sort of bendy bones because he's had a high ankle, excuse me, a high ankle sprain before. But what I, what needs to be mentioned just sort of briefly here from a market standpoint is like this got out. And I, again, I don't know why it didn't really make any sense at the time. And obviously has proven to not make sense, you know, retroactively, but this got out to two and a half for Cincinnati and a prominent uh, pick service subscription pick service gave out plus two and a half on Cincinnati. Didn't even wait for three, by the way, and yeah. they gave out plus two and a half and it moved to one Cincinnati minus one. And then now has moved over to the other side of one. Now, when we're talking about moving across Pickham and et cetera, et cetera, Shell's got the card out and I haven't even gotten to the game handicap yet on this one. So buckle up there, friends. Um, this is now that it's moved sort of from one side to the other, we're talking about, you know, like minus 115 on the money line on one side to mm -hmm. like minus 115 on the money or minus 120 on the money line on one side, right? Like the best money line you could have gotten all week that I saw was like plus 108 on Kansas yeah. City. Right. Yeah. And now it's like minus one, minus one ten. So like mm -hmm. we're not talking about drastic moves here. I think the issue is like, and this is where I'm gonna sort of throw some people here. What if it gets to Kansas City minus three? If I think the line is supposed to be Kansas City minus three and it's minus five, yeah, I'm gonna like Cincinnati plus five. If <laughs> yeah. unfortunately that hasn't been the case for those of you out there who want me to bet on Cincinnati, because the line has been around Pickham and obviously some plus money money line at earlier on in the week. So yeah, mm -hmm. I'm going to like Kansas City in that circumstance. But beyond just sort of the value concept, right? A lot of it obviously has to do with game handicap as well. So we're gonna do a little thing here. We're gonna do our little uh, Brian Windhorse, right? We're gonna know why would that be? And our why would that be mm -hmm. is the rumor that I think is true that when it was there was supposed to be a neutral site sort of theoretical game, why did Kansas City, the number one seed, ask and hope and ask the NFL for that game to be played outdoors? It's because Ew. they don't like the idea of playing Buffalo in a dome because the Bills are built like a dome team. We talked about this when they did Correct. that back-to-back -back run in Detroit where it was like, yeah, this is actually probably the best-case scenario for them instead of playing in snow because mm -hmm. it's a fast track not only for the offense but for a defense that after they lost Von Miller... That defensive line, like in theory, there's a guys with a bunch of sort of names and like, oh, this guy's a first round pick and like, oh, yeah, that guy in college was good and like yada, yada, yada. But the reality is they were like 19th in sack percentage this season after, for, oh, actually for the whole season. And yeah. they had dropped off after Von Miller got hurt. I think they were in the top 10 or just outside the top 10 when he got hurt. So since he got hurt, they went essentially into sort of the bottom third of the league in sack percentage. Then you throw in the snow that hits that we didn't know was coming as of last Thursday when you and I talked. But what happens in the snow, right? Everybody assumes, oh, there's going to be weather, like we have to bet the under. That's so rarely a good idea because when there's snow, the defense, right? The footing for the defense. They don't know where the receivers are going. They don't, you know, it's hard for them to get some. And I don't know if you if you noticed this, right? But they would show the defensive line for the Bills doing the sort of like bull move, right? Where they're like brushing the ground with their feet, yeah. like trying to get a foothold. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and shell, they weren't able to get a foothold. Well, that slipping around is going to neutralize everything for the offensive line of the Bengals. So it's not like, you know, speaking of things that we saw, we didn't imagine that the Bengals offensive line was going to have trouble. We saw that against the Ravens the week before Mm -hmm. in good, normal footing, normal conditions when Joe Burrow only was able to throw for 200 yards. I think his longest pass completion was like 18 yards. And, you know, obviously they didn't move the ball ball very well against the Ravens. We saw that. And now you get sort of a suspect defense, something that we had been sort of really kind of worried about with the Bills all season long as they were giving up a ton ton of yards to, you know, a lot of kind of honestly suspect uh, teams. And so, yeah, now all of a sudden that Bengals offensive line is going to look okay. And so if you go into this game against Chris Jones and Frank Clark and some of the defensive line guys who are honestly, it's a better defensive line than the Bills currently have. And honestly, a pretty comparable defensive line, if not better defensive line, than the Ravens brought to Cincinnati two weeks ago. Like, this is going to be the issue. Like, imagine Chris Jones with these two guys. It can be clunking guys' heads together out there and, like, just throwing people aside. And so Burrow was able to make a few connections. But you'll notice that the two touchdowns of the three touchdowns that he had we're on the first two drives. Well, what was happening in those first two drives? Watch the game. Go look at the first quarter versus the fourth quarter. There's a lot more snow happening yeah, in that first sure. quarter, right? And so the Bills, who should be a dome team, and are like considering, I don't know if the plan is official or whatever, considering building a dome next next door, which like sucks for us who like watching games in Buffalo, but is probably good for Josh Allen and that team as they get built, you know, constructively. So the Chiefs didn't want anything to do with the Bills indoors. Nobody does. The Bills had to play that game, unfortunately, on home field. And people are saying like, oh, they had the snow, they had everything they want. That's not what the Bills wanted. And so the Chiefs want to play them outdoors. They want to play, you know, teams outdoors, but they also want to play in good conditions. And there isn't anything, and who knows by the time Sunday rolls around, but it doesn't look like there's anything in the forecast that would suggest that a pass rush isn't going to be a really, really successful option here for the Chiefs and your guy, Steve Spagnola, right? Spags. Yeah, and so defensively, I think that's where the Chiefs are able to sort of neutralize Burrow. And we've already decided that Mahomes is going to be neutralized, but I don't necessarily believe that to be the case. And one thing I'll sort of point out here is his prop number. Last week, his prop number for total yards is like 315. Mm-hmm. This week, it's like 275. <laughs> and why is that? Because there's a chance he doesn't survive the game. And maybe he doesn't, right? But that's I think that same, it's very... Let me put it this way, right? If there's a 10% chance he doesn't survive this game, like what's the true percentage chance Burrow doesn't survive it, especially with a mangled offensive line? Five, right? Like it's not yeah. it's not that far off given the matchups up front for these two teams. And so I just look at it and I go like, well, I'm obviously, if the idea is that that Mahomes has to sit in the pocket and throw, shouldn't his yardage total be higher? Like, what am I missing on on that? So I think the Mahomes over is a really good option. But again, fundamentally, this is all about value. This is about me thinking that the Chiefs offense, who, again, they've really only played this version of offense against the Bengals one time. And by the way, in those three games, the Chiefs led by 18 points, 14 points, and seven points in the second half. It wasn't so a that's cap. where that's also where it comes into exactly what you're saying and the change style of being able to run the ball and close out games as well, right? Which is yeah. a different wrinkle that if you weren't used, which again goes back to playoff football and all that fun stuff, but having a, a like focus in on the running game and the emergence of Pacheco being able to do that and maybe run out the clock a little more on some of those leads for sure. Definitely makes sense. Yeah, and they had a couple of third and ones that were real bummer when they did not get them because they were running guys right up the middle. And again, mm-hmm. prob- part of that, I think, is because, and this is where... You know, more than the mobility with Mahomes, because again, if the worst case scenario is he has to throw the football from the pocket, mm-hmm. like you'd probably be just fine. It's those stretch running plays because the Bengals run game or run defense, I should say, is centered around DJ Reader in the middle of obviously the defense so you want mckinnon you want pacheco you want them going outside you want that stretch run where you see mahomes like getting getting that ball out there quick and if he can get out there quickly which again if he's not you know this isn't hard cuts or anything this is like give me three quick steps to run a stretch run to the outside i think that 
provides yet another thing that the Chiefs are going to be able to do this week that they weren't able to do last week, which, by the way, was a game that they, you know, <laughs> with the exception of one of those third and ones that didn't, you know, quite work out, they won that game essentially by two scores, right? So, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're talking about this so, team as if they lost to the Jaguars last week and then somehow got, like, re- you know, awarded uh, a yeah. bye or something into this round. And I want to – make sense. I really do want to clarify and like hope people understand exactly two things. One, the point of what we try to do here on the pod, but also like the conversation had about the line and the pick, right? Because a lot of times here, again, right? Like we know, hey, it says there's a number on the board here and it says this is what my pick is and all that fun stuff. But the actual purpose of what we try to do here is talking through a pick and understanding why a line might be what it is set to, right? And we try to, and the people that have been following us and rolling with us through this season and beyond know that most of the pump fakes that go on a lot of the times, like when last week we were talking about, you know, the fear of taking the Niners you know, at three and a half or four, whatever it was, you know, and not believing in the Cowboys as much just because they smashed a crappy uh, Tampa Bay team that we were telling you weren't good from like the middle of the season mm-hmm. or whatever with the Giants, like all of these things, being able to look at the line and, and my understanding of what I wanted to get to was asking, okay, let's remove all the BS. If Mahomes is healthy, what should this line be? Which, if we go back to last week, was a conversation we had about the Bengals and the five and a half. Because it's like, wait, I'm very confused here. Why is this five and a half? Right. I just think the conversation about why a line is what it is and understanding that is a very key point, regardless of which side yes. you're going to be on. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, even if I am still going to take the Bengals, I think it's very important to understand, okay, well, wait. What should this line be? Or why is this line moving so much? It's because we think Mahomes is that hurt. Okay, cool. Fine. But like, what should the line be then? Because it definitely can't be Bengals favored in Arrowhead. (laughs) Like that line has to be Chad Henney while drinking Henney playing (laughs) in that game. Right. Exactly. And, and honestly, it should be worth, me- you know, it's worth mentioning that once it hit two and a half, you know, we talk about our ratings, right? And the ratings out of 100, right? So peak Mahomes has largely sat around 74 out of 100 all season long, right? And there's been some, you know, variance in like a point here or there uh, out of 100. But once you get to two and a half as a as a home underdog, against a team that by the way like we're still boosting I'll, I'll still boost i'll give you a boost i'll give you the boost on the Bengals, right i'll throw them from 61 up to 65 and we'll pretend like the offensive line isn't an issue and we'll do all of that sort of thing like i am giving you all the Bengals supporters out there i am giving you that upgrade when honestly i think it's still a downgrade from the sort of 62 61 where we've had the Bengals kind of all season basically for the last two seasons but i'll give you the 65 but once you tell me that it's a two and a half point, you know, you're a two and a half point underdog, we're talking about sub 50 for the mm-hmm. Chiefs. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to need to see an autopsy report on Mahomes to accept that, like, A, he's not playing, or B, even if Chad Henney is playing, like you mentioned on Henney, like that, it just, that just could never, ever, ever be the number. And so now we're seeing it drift. But the point needs to be made. A couple of quick points, right? The first one is, you know, you, the only pushback I'll have on what you said is that you didn't really understand the point spread from last week when that got to five and a half. And you and I talked, you know, we always talked on the podcast about how, and I had some, you know, strong feelings about the first two games. And then the last next two games, I was like, no, it's, this is pretty correct. And the point of the Bills spread being correct in that moment mm-hmm. was because we, everybody had a chance to bet the matchup for the Monday night game in week 17. That never happened. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah, and it closed totally. two and a half on the road for the Bills. Now, if the if the Bengals had won that game, listen, they were up seven to three. They were driving for you yeah. know theoretically another score. Who knows what would happen? Listen, there could have been a fumble or, or an interception yeah, yeah, or the yeah, next yeah. play. Blah blah blah. But like the point is, is everybody had a chance to bet on a Monday night football game late in the season, and it, that number still closed two and a half on the road. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, a three point flip for home field. Yeah, is appropriate. I... That number had to be the same. And so the disappointing thing, and the thing I think the thing that I hope people took away from what maybe they saw on Twitter or whatever is people saying that that point spread was never correct. Now, if the Bengals had won that game and the, and we had then sort of proven that that first point spread wasn't correct, 
And then the spread had been, you know, adjusted to three this mm-hmm. week or last week for the bang or for the uh, bills. Then I, or even lower at minus two and a half, then I'd be in a dumpster somewhere because I would have unloaded on the bills at minus two yeah, and a half yeah, or minus yeah. three before I saw the snow. Now the snow, as we mentioned, like that became a big issue, right? Like uh, that I don't think people are sort of understanding. And it's to your point about sort of the NFC North, like kind of concept is like, yeah, the Bengals are a better team in the snow than the Bills are. And it's just because the Bills live in Buffalo is like why we think that that's, it's supposed to give them some sort of advantage, right? Yeah. So I think, though, no, no, no. I think, though, too, right? Like, even going back to that conversation, I think it's more so about whatever side you're going to be on. It's just understanding why the line is what it is. Right. So, like, yeah. even me coming in and saying I didn't get that it was five and a half, it's like, oh, okay, this is why it's five and a half. And I don't like that, right? But at yeah. least having an understanding of totally. If why you don't have an understanding is... of how the point spread is made, yeah. like it's one thing if you're just a guy with a job who wants to make a bet and just says like this doesn't make sense to me and blah blah blah. And honestly, that is going to be proven right about fifty percent of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's a lot yeah, of time yeah. you're in, and you're only going to remember yeah. the times that you're right about how oh man, totally. how dumb was that Bills minus five line? Then it's like. Yeah. You just probably bet on the Bengals the week before at minus seven and a half and lost that bet, right? But because this happened earlier or or more recently, like you're going to remember that. But if you Mm -hmm. don't at least understand how the point spread is being made, which again is, I think, by and large, the point of this podcast, it's like you're in big trouble. And if your content and sports betting sort of analysts out there are the ones who are saying, I don't understand this point spread, that is a massive red flag as to sort of whether or not you should be sort of paying attention to it. But I think too, like the thing that came out of that was the decision being made on, okay, it's five and a half. How do you feel about the Bengals O-line? Are you really worried about the Bengals O-line in terms of like this being a major problem or like how worried are you in Joe Burrow's ability to handle the O-line problems? And is it worth plus five and a half points, right? It's like, I will take all of the five and a half points. But I'm saying like, that's where like understanding what all these things mean. And so now it's like, I look at this Chiefs line and again, like if you're telling me the the market for lack of a better term, right? Would put this number at something different, but we're just on this roller coaster ride as we're in this new gambling world, right? And I know this Mm -hmm. sounds crazy to, to phrase it this way, but there's so much more, um people betting there's so mm-hmm. much more people Volume. talking yeah. right and people listening to the same cliched information as well that i feel like that also affects people's perception and then what ends up happening with lines maybe yeah. not drastically but maybe people's understandings or the reasonings for it right like yeah. how else why is that line bouncing around so much in 3 days from 1 to two and a half to then having people come back over the top to yeah. be like, no, that's ridiculous. Well, that's where we have to remind ourselves about limits, right? Mm-hmm. Because like a, a $5,000 limit on Monday, mm-hmm. you know, and the understanding like somebody out there can only put $500,000 on a bet on Monday is a lot different than a $300,000 limit come Sunday morning. Yeah. Right. For sure. Because you can take a lot of $5,000 bets throughout and early on in the week mm-hmm. but if that's pushing your line to a point where somebody's swooping in you're going to need a lot of those five thousand dollar bets to offset the three hundred thousand dollar bet that's coming in later on in exactly. the week right when this number gets sort of shaped so the interesting question is like where do we think that this line closes because in we we are seeing the drift on the sort of idea that like yeah mahomes not on the injury report like looks pretty good blah 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 like are we going to get to back to the yeah like are we going to get to the point of it hitting three and maybe a flat three where it is like minus 110 and do you having you know having chiefs at plus money for example in your pocket already Mm -hmm. or listen i got i got a chiefs plus seven and a half teaser yeah Because this was one and a half. I didn't even get in on two and two and a half. I was already I was already sold at plus one and a half yeah, yeah, on a yeah. plus seven and a half teaser. But like at what point, if this goes to three, do we honestly buy back on the Bengals? Because like this is a good team. And again, I said I would probably be on the Bengals if it was five, right? So I don't mm. think it's getting to five. But like if it gets to three, like is that the move that needs to be made to sort of try to middle this game, right? 
it's why I look at it and I, you know, I go to the sort of game handicap and back to that offensive line thing. And I go, just because that's, it's the same thing as Von Miller, right? Mm -hmm. Like Von Miller gets hurt and we go, oh, that's going to be a really big deal. And then like, because it wasn't a big deal the next week, it's like, oh, well, they're going to be fine without because they've got Boogie Basham and Ed Oliver and, you know, uh, Russo yeah. and like these guys. And it's like, yeah, or those guys are all just kind of okay. And Von Miller, and by the way, like speaking of things that we see and like hints that this game provides, and one of those hints was Kansas City not wanting to face Buffalo and a dome. One of those hints also is like the Bills went out to get Von Miller, right? Yeah. The Bills were not content with the pass rushers that they had to the point where they were like, well, we need to add Von Miller. Now you'd always want to ideally add Von Miller if you can add Von Miller, but like they certainly weren't like, no, we're good. And that was evidenced yeah. by the fact that they gave up a billion points to Kansas City last year in yeah. that game, right? Totally. And so, you know, you just like, how many hints do you need to realize that like Tredavious uh, White, you know, blows out his ACL and just because he comes back doesn't mean he's sort of pro bowl, all pro Tredavious White. Right. And like, by the way, like the DeMar Hamlin story is like cool. And like, in theory, he's going to boost everybody in the stadium. But like maybe DeMar Hamlin playing would be nice. Now, obviously, I'm not saying he should have played, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying like that. Nobody ever said like, well, they're without DeMar Hamlin, who was already uh, back third stringer. Yeah, yeah, who was already the backup to the to the guy that, you know, you would sort of, you know, hope was going to play. Right. And so you just look at it and you go, OK, well, who are the who are the difference makers at their full strength on Buffalo? And I only and I'm, I feel like I'm beating up on Buffalo here because, A, they obviously were, you know, for a second straight year kind of bumming everybody out. But B, because you can't overreact to Cincinnati's win if we have some pretty significant questions about Buffalo, especially in a sort of snowy circumstance. And especially right? after the Miami game. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and Buffalo after the Miami game and Cincinnati after the Baltimore game, right? Mm. Like these all matter. Like I know we only look at Context. last week, but like they played a whole season, like that stuff, you know, and maybe week one doesn't matter as much as week 17, but like a couple of these games along the way do matter, which is uh, going back to the NFC thing, the bummer because we don't really have a ton of mattering games <laughs> when it comes to the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah. Right? And so in yeah, both yeah. games, there's all this uncertainty. Whereas like, yeah, I'd like to have seen, you know, San Francisco play or Philadelphia play Kansas city or, you know, some other, some team in the AFC to at least sort of get a handle on, or go to Miami or at least play a you know, sort of a mediocre team on the road you know, like Miami at full strength or even the Chargers or something like that. Like, give me something other than the Jags in a rainstorm in week three or whatever it was. Right. So yeah. It's such an interesting week. And obviously it's really cool. One last thing about sort of the point spreads and stuff like that. They opened up. Uh, I don't know if they, I'm pretty sure this is available to bet on, but one sports book might've been Circa, might've been Superbook in Las Vegas, opened up the point spreads for the Super Bowl, And every single one of them was minus one. Hmm. But you basically pick them, right? Because they're going to, they're, you know, if, even if they think a game is 50-50, they're going to open a line at minus one. Just yeah. so they have a point spread bet and they have a money line bet, even though those, those things are going to be almost virtually the exact same. But isn't that interesting that, like, th th those were all minus one, which makes sense for San Francisco and Philly. We talked about how those teams are rated equally, but San Francisco's, or Philly is minus two and a half because of home field and maybe a little rest advantage. But, like, isn't it interesting that Cincinnati was two and a half points at the time, or two points at least, uh, a favorite on the road to Kansas City, but they were rated equally from a Super Bowl standpoint? Like, I guess yeah. those two weeks were going to theoretically be the difference uh, for Patrick Mahomes. But it's just really interesting that, you know, we're looking at basically no matter what the combination, a uh, pick em Super Bowl, which is kind of neat. It's super crazy. It's super crazy to even just, yeah, I can't even, I can't even have my brain overload on that before we get through yeah. this Sunday's action because it's going to be really good. And I just think it was a good uh, exercise for me. The pod was very therapeutic for me, just as a reminder of some of the things to focus in on. You know, I have the football side and you listen to all the things I said, what I thought football side, but eventually it always tries to blend those things with you know, talk about the market and what the line is and what the line should be and what it could be and where it's moving and all that fun stuff is why I love doing this pod with you each and every single week, my dude. And, you know, as I say, sometimes I end up coming out on the other side and this is one of those instances coming out on the other side with the Chiefs. Chiefs minus one, Niners plus two and a half. Let's roll. Hopefully you can add to the win totals here, but 
as we expect these lines to keep moving until the game time, where can the people find you online to find your information and education they might so crave? Yeah, obviously the score app, uh, you know, it's an easy click. You open up the app, you hit news and you hit bet on the on the <laughs> left side there. And then everything that we do over there. Uh, I've had a roller coaster week of uh, filling in for the daily NHL bets. That's been uh, basically half the games go to overtime in the NHL. So you're just like on the on the uh, razor's edge, if you will, of whether those win or not. Uh, but the, fundamentally, the NFC and AFC championship preview is going to come out. I've got four prop we're up we're, we're ratcheting it up my friend four prop bets i already gave out one of them okay. uh here on the pod uh on obviously the mahomes over but i got four prop player props on each game and then some anytime touchdowns as well we don't get to do the fun round robin parlays there's just not enough games obviously yeah. left to do it so we got a list of three touchdown scores on either side that you might be interested in take some take them all whatever you want to do um, as well as obviously the first half Eagles bet that I uh, talked about here, and of course being on the Chiefs. And by the way, like worth mentioning, like there's no guarantee the Chiefs win the game, whether Mahomes is like the most healthy guy on the face of the earth, right? But, you know, I talked about how like the idea that like if San Francisco goes to plus three and maybe you want to spend a couple extra bucks on that this time around because it is one game, that's obviously a lot different than just like selling you know the 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 chiefs or, or buying the bengals at mo a money line price when like they probably shouldn't be a pick them or you know plus one you know like you still have to make valuable bets even though there's only a couple of games left in the season because it's not just a season it's a lifetime it's a lifestyle of betting that we're doing here and so you just want to be on the valuable side right even if there isn't you know even if there's one more football game from now until next september no, I totally got you, my dude. Really appreciate the information as always. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And thank you again for tuning into this, the On Blast podcast, NFL Picks Edition. Really appreciate you guys. Make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your pods. Blesses with a like. If you're watching the video, that's how you support the movement that is this the on blast podcast network we don't ask for much just ask for a like here or there as I always say I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is the on blast podcast nfl picks edition part of the on blast podcast network as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya this is part of the on blast podcast network available on itunes Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you like it, then subscribe and tell your friends. Holla. Oh, blast.